I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. Sightings in and around Vermont. Bigfoot sightings across New England have been reported. Red glowing eyes, about seven feet tall. Red eyes, big old fangs, claws coming out through. Three inches long, you know, just sharp as they can be. There has been another UFO sighting flying over the Royal Botanic Gardens. There are 500 UFO sightings in the world every month. The truth is out there. April 25th, 1973. Most of the residents of Enfield, Illinois, are getting ready for bed, as the McDaniel family has had the most horrifying night of their life. The horror encountered by the McDaniels would trigger a large influx of monster hunters and place the rural village on the map. What did the family see that night? Was it a creature from beyond the stars? An undiscovered species of primate plaguing the southern Illinois countryside? Or just one big hoax? This is Cryptopedia. So listen. Yeah? I'm still... I'm still on the fence about red caps. Uh-huh. Right? Are they still around? But they've changed what they're they're looking at, like how they're behaving. Like, are they like? Oh, are like? What if the super rich are just red caps, but instead of blood, they just need a lot of money, and that's why they have so much money. Oh, that right? makes sense. Like, yeah, because because if if they're if if red caps change over time, like, what if that is what it is? Like, maybe they've just adapted to the times. Like I said in the last episode, blood dries quick. Blood dries real quick. But Anywho, before we go down that path again, um, Uh this is a Hey Nandi Nandi Bear. Hey Nandi Nandi Bear. Hey Nandi Nandi Bear. I'm John Dunham. I'm Brandon Boyer. This is another episode of uh, the podcast where one of us learns about something and the other person makes fun of them for learning. (laughs) You nerd. (laughs) Before we get into the, the story this week, I want to ask you a question, Brandon. Yeah. Since since this episode is more cryptid than mythology, uh-huh. um, I was wondering, what cryptid do you think is the most likely to be real? Trick question. The answer is coelacanth. They're not cryptids. Because they are real. But, well, yeah. The, if, if a thing is... So, by definition, a cryptid is a hidden animal. Uh-huh. Right? So... Chameleon. Okay. There's... The, the notion is... Of the things that haven't been discovered and proven by science, what do you think has the highest likelihood of being still existent or actually existing? The most extant cryptid is the death worm. Okay. I mean, I, I'd ask you to show your work, but I don't feel like you have the work to show. <laughs> don't doubt my research. I mean, I did just spring this on you, so I, I'm not expecting you to have, like, a huge body of evidence. For me, I think it's probably going to be the uh, Tasmanian Tiger. Okay, so that, I feel yeah. like, is real and cartoon. Well, Tasmanian Devil is still alive. The Tasmanian Tiger was a species of creature uh, that lived in Tasmania that unfortunately went extinct in the early 1900s, I want to say, or late 1800s. Yeah. But there have been reports of Tasmanian tiger sightings in Tasmania. So is the Tasmanian tiger like um, some of these other animals where they're everywhere and they just sort of have that name associated with them? Or are these actually geologically you know, somewhat locked to Tasmania? They're geologically locked to Tasmania. Okay. If you actually like looked at a picture of it, it's like a weird cat, dog, wolf creature. Like it's okay. real. It's like a real thing. It's not like some fictional creature that 
never existed. There's there's actual pictures of it that exist around the time that cameras became more popular. Oh, it's a zebra dog. Yeah, it's it's an interesting creature. But unfortunately, they went extinct. There have been a lot of reports of Tasmanian tigers in modern times, but there haven't been any bodies found or any evidence of them. Um, so I'm looking at some pictures. You sent me a link. I'm looking at some pictures. This shit can open its mouth. It's a zebra dog snake. It's a zebra dog snake. The long and short of it is there's been anecdotal evidence of it. The Tasmanian tiger is not, unfortunately, not the cryptid uncovered. I super wanted to talk about it, but I didn't, yeah. want, to, I didn't want to do an episode on it because, honestly, it's just people thinking that a, an animal that actually existed might still exist. Actually, the cryptid that I'm doing this week... Yeah. It, uh, it first appeared April 25th, 1973. So, so, so let's think of this. So 1973, mm-hmm. okay. So, so we're in, we're in bell bottom. Uh, we're, music is starting to get good. Um, <laughs> like drugs are starting to get pretty, pretty cool. They um, are. They so, are. So, so, so what's, so that's the time period we're looking at. So what, so what, what is this? What are we looking at? It last appeared. Uh, about a month later, yeah. uh, on May 8th, and I do okay. quotes because there's some debate uh, as to whether or not that actually happened and things along those lines, and there's conflicting reports as to whether or not that was the last sighting. It is located in North America, and okay. it's, it's a tripedal animal. A tri- <laughs> Wait a minute, tripedal. tripedal. One, two, three feet. Three feet, two legs, one hand, two hands, one leg, three, uh, three hands. legs. Three legs. Three legs. Three okay. legs. So it's it's basically a tripod. This creature it was it was seen in a little little sleepy a sleepy little uh, village yeah. in uh, Enfield, Illinois. Enfield, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. So we got three legs. We got Illinois. We've got mm-hmm. Nixon. How are we going to tie this together? So you want to know what it was called? What was it called? The Enfield Horror. Or Enfield Monster. <laughs> it's a very... These, these guys from Illinois are super creative with their names. Like, so creative. It's it's a very creative name. It's very creative. <laughs> 10 out of 10 creativity. Someone else gave it a name. Uh, yeah. I like this name a lot better, but I'm not going to use it during the episode because it's way harder to say. Jerry. Um, Dan. Daniel the Monster. Daniel no. from Illinois is the Monster. It might be Daniel from Illinois. No, they call them abominable swamp slob. Are you just talking about the people of Illinois? No, fortunately, I'm not talking about the people of Illinois. So let me give you a quick, like, really brief rundown of what Enfield, Illinois is in terms of uh-huh. just to kind of put you in the headspace. It's a really small village in the uh, southeastern, I believe, part of Illinois. Let me just check my map real quick because I got it on the map. Yeah, southeastern part of Illinois. I'm going to send you a link. So it's a sleepy little village. At the time of the sightings, there was a population of 764 people. It, the town itself has an area of about 1.6 miles square. There's a train station, tra- railroad tracks go through it, and it's a lot of farmland. There's some swamps in the area. The first sighting of this creature on April 25th, 1973, as I stated before, it was late that night, around 9.30 that it was seen. Okay, so not real night people. There, This one was staying out late. It's not... A lot of these sightings, you get like crazy, like drunk hours. Like you get the drunk hours. Th- yeah. This is at a reasonable time. So, it so is. this person seems like they're to be trusted despite their... Illinois-ishness. So the only, the only, like you know, around that time of year, it's a little dark though. 
right? So, like, that's that's sometime between dark and twilight. I didn't look up the exact time of day on this particular one. We can assume that it's, it's relatively dark um, because the person who discovered it was using a flashlight. The first sighting, the, the first notable event of someone interacting with this, I would say, mm-hmm. was by a man named by the name of Henry McDaniels. Okay, I like this guy. Oh, well, he's an interesting character, actually. He served in the uh, in World War II. He was a antique dealer, and he uh, he was about fifty at the time of the site. According to one article I found by the Reading Eagle, he is a and I quote because uh, I have it right here. When uh, he was described as a good old boy, so like uh, the, this this article is wild. Effectively, it was like when when this good old boy Henry McDaniel heard scratching at his front door, he opened oh. the door and saw this critter. As the Reading Eagle article by Krista Terra said. So by critter, this is implying that it's anything. I, I think of anything smaller than a dog as a critter. So is this thing <laughs> dog size smaller than dog size? According to to Henry McDaniel's, um, after this thing has scratched up his screen door, something fierce. He jumps outside. He's got a gun. Uh, I think it was a 22 caliber, uh, according to the article. And he's got a flash. So he he pops out and he sees a four to five foot tall creature. Wait a fucking minute. If I saw, I call mice, mice are critters. Squirrels are critters. The if I saw a five-foot mouse, I would beat it to death with a shovel. That's not a that's not a critter. What well, is going on? Well, you know, you say that, and that's exactly what uh, that's exactly what Henry McDaniel's tried to do. Is oh, instantly he takes shots at it. It had three legs on it, a short body, two little arm, two little short arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood there, <laughs> four and a half feet tall, and was grayish. This is a nightmare creature. This is a demon. It's an absolute demon. It should be noted that the eyes glowed red when he flashed the flashlight on it. He says that the legs were just right in a row, which is a little strange to me. So he takes two shots. He takes, I think, four shots at it. Yeah, he takes four shots at it. Um, With a 22. With a 22. And he says that one of them hits. He's, He's positive that one hit. All right, so hang on. Okay, so something's at your front door. You approach with a twenty-two. You're at most three feet away from this thing. He misses three times. He was eight feet away, and he misses. He was eight feet away. Yeah, and he misses three times. In nineteen seventy, he had an automatic front door. Basically, <laughs> I think he's been hitting some of the shine. This guy. So we'll get to that in a second. Oh um, God. He says that it hisses like a wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> which is some colorful language for sure. Yeah. And then it, it takes three giant leaps and it covers it reports vary from 50 to 75 feet in Holy three jumps. Shit. Wild. So he, he chases after it. He gets to like, you know, it goes past the brush line and onto the train tracks. And it's like way down the train tracks by the time he reaches it. And he's like, well, shit, because he's fired four shots in what I presume to be a residential ish area. State police show up. <laughs> As they should. Um, <laughs> so there's state police officers. It's a whole hubbaloo because, you know, he's fired a gun four times when it's not hunting season. Yeah, at the neighbors if three of them miss. Yeah, apparently. Well, there's also debate. I, personally, I debate whether the one even hit, but that's a whole. That's, I'll cover that later. <laughs> but supposedly it left footprints. 
footprints. Okay. So the footprints looked like dog footprints, but with six toes. So okay. I know that there's there's like I know Maine Coon cats have six toes, right? But it also said that they were like tightly grouped and things along those lines. Um, yeah. Supposedly the cops saw it too, and supposedly uh, Henry McDaniel's was relatively so. He seems like he was in his right mind or something to that that effect. Additionally, there's the destroyed screen, which I sent you a picture of. Um, yeah. Which, to me, doesn't look so much like a destroyed screen, but someone who's not maintaining their home. But <laughs> that's that's a whole... Because it also looks like the screen was destroyed from the inside out, but that's a whole... Looks thing. an awful lot like a not-sober guy accidentally kicked out a screen and shot at it. <laughs> it might look an awful lot like that. So that apparently also, uh, according to one report I read, and I read a couple articles on this, there was actually fur that was at, oh. the, at the scene. Which... Okay. Unfortunately, no one gathered the fur based on what I've seen, and nobody took pictures of the footprints. And if they did, they didn't share them on the internet because oh, I cannot man. find them, which is unfortunate. Even though it wouldn't prove that it's a creature, it could rule out certain animals and things along those lines. Eventually, it was it, it turned out there was someone else who supposedly saw it that day. Oh, who is this? Who's so this? So it's, it's Henry McDaniel's 10-year-old neighbor. <laughs> who... Is this Richie Rich? What 10-year-old neighbor? Okay, I'll accept it. It's not... 1970s. Who knows yeah. what's going on? It's not Richie Rich, but it's uh, it's it's Greg Garrett. Greg? Greg. Greg A 10-year-old named Greg. It's a 10-year-old you... named Greg. I've yet to meet a trustworthy Greg. I feel like you're you're barking up the right tree on that theory. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the second half of the episode when I start to kind of go into the story and... Do a little bit of uh, investigation. But Greg said that he saw a creature that was extremely similar. Almost as though he heard Henry talking about it and then punched it up a bit. It apparently even tore up his tennis shoes. Oh, that poor Greg. How'd it get his tennis shoes? Uh, I guess it like jumped on him. It was kind of vague in the description. Like it tore up his tennis shoes. He got scared. He ran inside. And then half an hour later, it went next door. So were the shoes on this kid's feet, or does he just leave his chucks outside? I, I think they were on his feet, based on the story, but they weren't very clear about that. It sounds like full of shit. Let's try. Let's 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 assume that they're telling the truth right now. Additionally, uh, Greg added a little bit of a detail that Henry was not did not have in his story. Okay. Apparently, it was slimy. Oh. Which is important for uh, another part of the story that we'll get to in a little bit. If we flash forward two weeks, the story has gotten out. People have heard about it. People have been talking about it. If you read the Reading Eagle, Eagle article, nobody believes it. Absolutely nobody <laughs> believes it. Everyone's just like, nah, he's, he's full of shit. Who, Greg? Greg's totally trustworthy hanging out with his drunk older neighbor. No, no, Henry's, Henry's the one that they're questioning. But apparently, 3 a.m., two oh, weeks God. later, Henry is just apparently walking near his railroad. The railroad tracks near his home. At 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., uh -huh. And he sees the creature. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he sees the creature. It's just kind of uh, noodling around. I think the words he used were just like dicking around off in the distance, right? <laughs> so it's like, I can't find the exact quote because I thought I had it, but I didn't. He just says it's kind of like walking up and down the tracks. And he calls WWKI, which is a Kimono, a Kokomo, Indiana radio station. Yeah. He calls him up and he's like, hey, I just saw some crazy stuff. Send someone. <laughs> oh, man. As a sober person at 3M totally does by the train tracks. Correct. 
Yeah, I'm I am a little bit confused as to why he's there by the train tracks at 3 a.m. It's a part of the it's a part of the lore for this particular monster. This this results in a search party coming out to Enfield the next Fuck. day. Yeah. Um, and it's head by the news station director Rick Rainbow. <laughs> oh, Ricky Rainbow. So oh. I'm pretty confident at this point that. I'm not actually reading a story of something that actually happened, but I'm reading a spec script written by Stan Lee. You're reading the first pass of Stand By Me. We got Greg Garrett, and now we've got uh-huh. Rick, Rick Rainbow. You know, that's a law in Illinois. Your first and last name have to start with the same letter. I mean, we're, we're almost to the point of Peter Parker and Pepper Potts at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was reading this. I'm like, really? How many... How many Stan Lee-sounding characters are in this tale? Like, All of them. The entire state of Illinois is based off a of Marvel comic book. I think so at this point. Maybe uh, Stan Lee took a visit to Illinois and he's like, man, I sure like this alliteration. <laughs> Excelsior. Excelsior. I continued to, you know, you continue to read down the path. And this is May 6th, by the way, which I, uh, I left out a little earlier. I found an article that someone had written on CryptoZoo News. Basically, there's a little excerpt that I'm going to read off for you um okay. on may 6th rainbow and three other persons saw the thing beside an old abandoned house near mcdaniel's place they didn't get a good look at it because its back was to them and it was running in the shadows <laughs> but they later described it as five and a half feet tall grayish and stooped rainbow That's an awful the- good description for a thing they didn't see yeah it is a thing that they didn't <laughs> see that was in the shadows yeah i'm a skeptic by my nature and I've been trying to give them credit. At this point, it becomes real difficult to give them you any sure? credit. Sure, because Mr. Rainbow seems awfully credible to me. Mr. Rainbow and his not seeing things but describing them. So, he, you know, he's so good. Mr. Yeah. Rainbow's super credible. Yeah, apparently he even had a tape of it. He had a tape? Like there an audio tape, tape or there like was, a videotape? There was an audio tape oh, of its crying. Oh, so okay. I would play that for you. Yeah. But but the cryptozoologist who found it uh-huh. and did the investigation on it, they never released that. Oh, Ricky! Ricky! So Come on, Ricky. Supposedly go, oh. Supposedly someone heard it. Uh-huh. Right? So like uh, uh the Like the entire wrote, search party that didn't see it, they totally heard it. Supposedly the the the, the person who wrote this article heard the, the story. Okay. Um, or heard the the tape, but they I have not been able to find this tape with life of me. And I looked, I'd say it looked pretty hard, but I, I have a feeling I know what it sounded like, and that's the reason why it wasn't played. But I'll I'll get to uh-huh. that when I go over the uh, my theory as to exactly what happened. There's one more sighting associated with the Enfield Horror, supposedly. Okay. Um, and that or was the two- Illinois slob. Or right, well, no, there's that's another story which we'll get oh. to in a second. So this is this is actually kind of like a more involved story than I was originally expecting when I started oh. digging into it. There's a rabbit hole that you can fall down as in terms of like weird things that happen in this area of Chicago uh, of of Illinois. A group of men, five men, were supposedly doing some monster hunting two days later on May eighth. 1973. Okay, for um, the same creature or just other other monsters? Supposedly for the same creature. Okay. But the sheriff caught them and charged them with hunting out of season. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. They got they got thrown into a lockup, paid a fine, you know, were sent along. You know, I life. heard the Enfield monster really likes duck calls. It's so weird. What are you doing with all this uh, buck piss? Huh? <laughs> oh, I heard the... <laughs> 
I heard that Monsters in Heat really likes bucks. I think it does. I got a little bit more to tell you, but uh, uh-huh. I think we need to. I think I hear. I hear something coming from our uh, our, our corporate overlords. Um, oh yeah, the signal's the coming lead. in. Uh, so I think we're gonna have to take a break. Today's sponsor is Vagloves. Vagloves is a small, independently owned safety company that has been producing comfortable durable, high-quality nitrile gloves for over 20 years. My favorite part about Vagloves is their smart grip technology. Their fingertips are textured for holding your tools better, especially if they get wet. The best part about their smart grip technology is that the gripping texture is made with the fingerprints of people from the homeless community. That's right, they're real, fake fingerprints for a more natural feel, and the fingerprint donors are compensated for each purchase so you can feel good for giving back to your community. Now back to the show. Okay. So yeah. So it's 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 an insane story though. Like it's buck wild. Like th- this is the crazy so, so one guy in Illinois has a busted screen door and shoots at his neighbors. The little boy across the street goes, "Yup, that's totally real. I saw that." And then uh and then the, there's a search party. Yeah, and it just it just keeps going, and it's like, what? What is happening? Yeah. I'm just like flabbergasted by it. Like, but it's insane. The radio station gets involved. There's some guys that are there's air quotes uh, monster hunting at not deer season. And yeah, this is insane. And you know what? Like, I only talked about the monster a little bit. But, like, yeah. let's be real. The description that he gives the monster, like, if it was a real creature, that's a nightmare creature. It's like, a nightmare creature, but more importantly, what's up with Henry? What's going on in Henry's life? Henry needs help. He needs he needs to talk to somebody. Henry, I actually agree with you on that, and I'm going to get yeah. into that in a second. Because oh, I have a real, like, my I have a theory about what's going on. But I yeah. want to cover these last two sightings before we uh, we start delving into that. Um, okay. So the the slob that we were talking about earlier in the episode, um, not Henry. We're not, not talking about we're Henry. We're not talking now. about Henry. We're talking about okay. talking about the the swamp slob. About an hour away, based on a Google map search that I did a while <laughs> back, there's a there's a town called Murfreesboro, Illinois, and I only found out about this. I kid you not yesterday before we recorded this i was doing some digging and just seeing if i could find any other articles or things about this particular cryptid encounter it turns out about a month later same summer there was another sighting of a large creature oh um okay june 25th randy needham and judy johnson heard an extremely loud cry as they're standing on a boat ramp um okay as they're sitting there a giant seven foot tall white biped coated in mud just comes lumbering at them right it is if it's covered in mud how do you know it's white that is literally the same question i had when i read that (laughs) i am confused i'll accept that it was covered in mud and they somehow knew it was officers did come to the scene after they like fled it the two witnesses and they examined it remarking that the footprints are three inches wide and about a foot long which (laughs) holy cow some big old feet Big old dainty feet. Big, Big old, old dainty, dainty feet. feet. Yeah. What are those toesies looking like? I don't know. They didn't describe the toesies. They didn't take oh, pictures. Man. There was nothing like that. Oh, great cops. Yeah. Really great detective work there. Uh, they described the prints in the mud as very erratic. 
and that no two were, in the, were the same distance apart. Some were five or six feet apart. Also, the prints were found very close together. Like, yeah, where, yeah. Where the two were side by side, but... Like just, bunny hops. Kind of like bunny hops. That's the way I, yeah. I imagined it. Was this just Henry? Henry on another nighttime drunken rampage. It might have been. I have another theory about this one, too, which we're oh, going to get into. So I've got a grand unified theory. <laughs> but apparently, while they were trying to photograph it, they heard uh-huh. another shriek and got scared and ran It's a away. breeding pair. It's a breeding pair. It might be a breeding pair. Oh, man. In continuing the, the theme of children seeing things. Yeah. A four-year-old. Tell me George was there. Please tell me George was there. It wasn't George. It took my new shoes. It wasn't George, but it was a four-year-old this time. I don't. Rem- I didn't catch find the name. The four-year-old was the first to spot the creature again the next day. Oh God! Definitely not full of shit. You know those four-year-olds? They're totally reliable sources. Extremely reliable. Basically, what they do then is they t- they bring a dog to the area. The dog is sniffing around. It keeps finding this, like, slime, which I only yeah. mentioned because, remember, Greg Garrett claimed that the creature was slime. Okay. So they find some slime. The dog is not interested in it. And apparently it's, like, this black coating or something along those lines. Yeah. And Super weird to find slime by the river. Yeah. They never find anything. The dog gets spooked at a bunch of things, and, you know, that's it for the story. There's no other... There's there's supposedly two other sightings, but they're not even, like, of note to me. There's one final thing. Apparently, in 1941, there was another creature spotted in southern Illinois that resembled baboons. Baboons? Baboons. Oh. There's no physical evidence of that. No photos, no recordings, no nothing. So it was just, like, some weird mass hysteria event that happened. I, before I go into uh, Henry, Henry McDaniels and the accounts that were given, I want to go into yeah. the creature a little bit first. So the first thing that's really, like, kind of got me was the three legs. There's, there's this notion of, like, uh, um, using taxonomies and stuff like that to determine whether or not a creature is plausible. Three legs occurs in nature. Wait, there's, with what? Three-legged dogs, three-legged cats, things along those lines. That's it. Well, that's after, like, cars yeah, came about. That's exactly it. It's not... You, you Evolutionarily, there's no benefit for three legs on a creature. The only creatures that I could find that were considered tripedal um, are, like, a, a fish, which occasionally uses a fin to just stand still. And okay. the other example was how parrots sometimes use their beak. Which is not, in my opinion, that's a stretch. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the notion of it is a, it's called a tetrapod. I legitimately can't come up with a good rationale for that. I'm willing to believe that he saw something. My personal theory is that this was a kangaroo that he saw, because that makes the side by side footprints make sense. Yeah, and and the the distance between them as well, and the fact that he covers seventy feet in three jumps—that is actually something a kangaroo can do, right? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Additionally, I've looked online to see whether or not kangaroos are nocturnal, and it turns out they operate during twilight and dusk, which means that they actually do have some low light vision, which means yeah. that their eyes will reflect. So, what what region of of Illinois did you say this was? Again? Uh, Southern Illinois. Okay. They've got to have a zoo. There's actually a fun story to that. Oh, okay. So the Reading Eagle article, it turns out that before the creature was sighted, someone lost their pet kangaroo in Ohio. (laughs) It's a bit of a hike, but it's it's possible that the kangaroo could have gotten down to Enfield. 
because you know yeah. it's it's a bunch of flat planes and kangaroos are really good at traveling long distances. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that Henry McDaniels saw and then subsequently shot at a kangaroo. <laughs> Henry, my man Henry. Look at this guy. Him and Mr. Rainbow? Oh, man. And this is assuming that he actually saw it. Now... Greg's still full of shit. Greg... Well, yeah. Greg is actually full of shit. So <laughs> um, it turns out someone went back to do an investigation of mass hysteria. Yeah. And they interviewed people. And one of the people they interviewed was Greg Garrett. Oh, no. Greg Garrett basically was like, nah, I was just joking to mess with old man McDaniels. Greg, come on, Greg. Um. <laughs> he literally was, he literally said, yeah, no, I didn't see it. And his parents backed him up on it. And they're like, yeah, no. He, he just, just yes ended this whole thing. Yes. So oh. the the second and only other sighting from that night by Greg McDaniel uh, by Greg Greg Garrett was a hoax, and it was a hoax just to mess with the crazy old man next door. <laughs> and not only that, but the monster hunters. Yeah. They were just drunk. Of course they, they were. They were drunk hunters. Of course they were. And that's how it works. And according to the sheriff, I can bet you. What happened was the sheriff was talking to them, and they're like, well, we were hunting the monster. Bullshit. Yeah, no, we were hunting deer. That's yeah. probably what happened. It's wild because there was actually only three sightings of the creature, yeah. and two of them were the same man. <laughs> and the third one, the third one was a sighting that was in the shadows a couple hundred yards off. Yeah. So it makes way more sense that the sightings of this creature all involved PBR, one involved dough and heat urine, and one was way far away. Basically. So we're, we're talking about a story that I, I think what it was is a misidentification of a kangaroo. Now, Henry McDaniels will disagree with me. And oh, Henry. I'm going to give you an exact quote from him as to why oh. he disagrees. I used to have one as a pet myself. Until I sold it to this fella that had an animal show. And kangaroo tracks have claw marks. And a kangaroo has a narrow face. This wasn't no kangaroo. Oh, Henry. Henry's the man. Henry, he will not let this go. No. Oh, Henry. His, his like, whole thing is wild to me. Because not only that, Henry had previously discharged his firearm... In his home on a prior occasion. <laughs> Someone needs to put a lock on Henry's gun safe. Yeah. Someone, someone's got to protect Henry from himself. Yeah. He he shot he shot uh, through the wall of his bedroom when he heard something. He when he heard something moving around outside. You got fucking Elmer Fudd over here in Illinois shooting at 10-year-olds. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it was, you know what? It was probably the creature that I shot at. Through my door, my wall. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it down a notch though. I was thinking about this, and I was like trying to come up with like why Henry might do this. And this is a little bit more sad, a little more dour, not like as funny. I legitimately think that Henry McDaniel's has some form of PTSD. Yeah, that's way more understandable. And he was a World War II veteran. The fact that he had, he was basically so willing to shoot at stuff that go bump in the night. 
makes me think he was suffering from PTSD. I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a uh, psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like it's a reasonable explanation for what happened. I can't find any evidence of that, and you know that's just my theory. So I don't want to like malign uh, Henry McDaniel's too much because you know it PTSD is a serious thing, and if you or someone. Yeah. You or someone you know is suffering from PTSD, definitely seek help. At the end of the day, the story of the Enfield horror seems more like misattribution of something that might be explained. Yeah, and as, as far as kangaroos, you did link and there's an image of a kangaroo all the way at the bottom. And when you shine a flashlight on them, like the one in this image, they do have like beady glowing red eyes yeah they have very long narrow feet it actually fits as an explanation and because of the time window it actually fits the slobbering slob story as well because it does kind of tie in but it also might be that these people who saw the slobbering slob of the other town might have also been reading the henry mcdaniel stories as well yeah. Which is entirely possible because it is around the time they probably get similar news, like countywide newspapers, articles probably trade between counties. And, you know, all you have to do is read one article, then it's planted in your mind. And then, you know, you suddenly see something that you weren't expecting to see or you try to make hay out of something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop people from really believing in the Enfield horror. I was looking around and it's almost absurd how many people accept that the Enfield horror is a real thing yes in cryptozoological circles a lot of people are like this is phenomenal it's evidence of of something from the outside world out of space you know something along those lines it's kind of crazy how easy people are willing to just accept this story because evolutionarily it doesn't make sense even as no not at all even as a creature outside of earth it doesn't make sense because under what circumstances <laughs> would jumping be a valuable mechanism for uh, traversal, right? If it's, it uses more energy than than just walking would. Yeah, I mean, kangaroos jump. Also, if it was from a lower gravity planet, right, they wouldn't be able to jump as far. If it was from a higher gravity planet, why would it be jumping? Yeah, well, kangaroos jump, but a lot of other things that jump, say rabbits... They only really jump when they want to go fast. If you see a rabbit just chilling, it just sort of walks around. Same thing with squirrels. When you see a squirrel run, it hops-ish. But when you just sort of see one walking around, they just sort of wander about. They're not hopping around everywhere. Birds hop, but that's only because they're not flying. So so hopping, with with a few exceptions, is super rare. It is. And not only that, but because it has a three-leg configuration... Um, it would have to hop it. So this whole story, there's there's so many problems with it in terms of just basic common sense and common like science under like an understanding of science. And you know, I paraphrase Carl Sagan a bit. You know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And exactly, there's yeah. no extraordinary evidence in this case to indicate that the Enfield horror is in fact a real creature. It's an interesting story. It's got a lot of twists and turns. I actually thoroughly enjoyed researching it. It's but such a good story. It's it's a phenomenal story. And it's like, it's buck wild. Some of the things that happen in this and some of the claims that are made. It's a phenomenal account. A lot of these cryptid stories are great, great stories. But they make no sense. <laughs> Not a lick of it. Like, I mean, like the, the red caps from last week. I think that's all we got for this, this week of Cryptopedia. 
You can uh, go to our website at cryptopediacast.com. If you want to get in contact with us, there's a a web form you can send things to. Episode ideas, uh, some rebuttals, some questions, corrections. You can address Brandon or I and talk to us a little bit on that. We both have social media accounts. I don't remember mine off the top of my head still. It's on the website. We can be followed on Instagram at CryptopediaCast. On Instagram, I'm at donkey underscore hands. My website is boyerb, boyer in the letter B dot com. My email is brandon at cryptopediacast.com and her art is done by Tom Hill. You can follow him on Instagram at Thomas Michael Hill. His website is greatergloryco.com and his email is tommikehill at gmail.com. Well, I'm John Dunham. I'm Brandon Boyer. And things are going to get a little weird. Pee break. Pee break. All right.